0: From the Ron McKee Podcast Network, I'm Isaiah Castilla and this is Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. In this episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0, Coach Metzger talks to us about how she developed and runs one of the top strength conditioning internship programs in the country. She will also talk to us about her onboarding system for her athletes that allows for autonomy during workouts. And she'll tell us a story about how working out with her older siblings ignited the fire that would later lead her to the strength conditioning profession. All this on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. TeamBuilder is the premier strength and conditioning app for teams and private facilities. Used by more than 2,500 organizations around the world, performance coaches can write training programs online for athletes to access on their mobile app or on tablets in the weight room. You can even print individualized workout cards of your programs directly from their systems. Right now, when you start a 14-day trial, use promo code CHALK, that is promo code CHALK, to access more than 70 strength and conditioning programs directly in your TeamBuilder account, including four sports science questionnaire templates. Today, coaches from around the country use Team Builder's built-in questionnaire module to create COVID-19 pre-screening questionnaires sent to athletes daily. We've been using Team Builder at MSU Denver for several years now and cannot recommend them enough. Hewitt and his staff go above and beyond to help create an outstanding user experience for all the teams they work with. I have yet to run into a type of periodization or programming format that the staff at Team Builder cannot tackle and create. From asking around, it is clear more college and high school strength coaches use Team Builder more than any other training program available. Go to TeamBuilder.com and check them out. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Today, I'm joined by Coach Ryan Metzger. She's currently the senior assistant of Olympic Sports. strength conditioning at Clemson University. Prior to that, she was an assistant sports performance coach at Virginia Commonwealth University, and she has also had stops at the University of Kentucky and the University of Wisconsin-Oshkosh. Welcome to the podcast, coach.
1: Well, thank you for having me. This is awesome.
0: Super excited. Absolutely. Can you tell me a little bit more about your role at Clemson?
1: Yeah, so like you said, i um, the senior assistant there, so I just stepped into that role in June of 2019, so I've been there about a year and a half. Um, my team responsibilities there are women's soccer as well as softball, and then I'm also the intern director, um, so I keep the, the interns in line, or I try. Uh, <laughs> and we roll through the curriculum with them. Um, and then obviously, you know, any other responsibilities that need to be done as far as uh, my position, um, at Clemson. So that's a pretty brief summary of, of what my job is there.
0: Definitely. And the intern program at Clemson's very robust, like, you know, definitely it's up there with like the who's who of who's providing uh, you know, intern program, like, what do you look for when an intern applies? Like what kind of person are you looking to bring on to that intern staff?
1: Yeah. So skills as far as um, like things on paper. So resume stuff, you know, we're looking for people that are, um, you know, have some previous experience, hopefully in the collegiate setting, maybe someone that's an athlete, um, someone that is pursuing their CSCS, someone that is very obviously looking to be a strength coach when it comes to what's written down. Um, As far as the person, you know, we understand that these interns, this might be one of their first experiences. um, So we're not expecting them to have all of this programming knowledge or all of this stuff. Like we just are looking for the person. So just some really awesome character traits that we look for, just someone that has integrity, and is resilient, and has loyalty to a program, and is very selfless. And, you know, we want someone that wants to be in the field, and someone that understands kind of the ins and outs of your days are going to be long, and you need to learn time management, and nothing is going to go according to plan. So be a little agile. Um, So just someone that is very dynamic in those respects, and can kind of be like that social chameleon as well with our athletes. So
0: definitely. And since you run it, do you have a set curriculum or is it kind of like, look, learn on the fly and see what it's really like, or a little bit of both?
1: I, I think you get a good mix of both. So we have a really structured curriculum and Ooh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I'm going to. So we're going to actually go through what our curriculum looks like. So we're going to put that out there for people to see, because I'm like super OCD organized. I literally have the curriculum broken down day to day and week to week of what we're going through with these interns. There is structure to it and um, everything is really thought out, but then also Like there's going to be moments and opportunities for learning. Um, So that's kind of the stuff that's on the fly. So maybe you've got a situation in the weight room that you don't have written down on your curriculum, but this is a really good learning opportunity for your interns. And so those are going to be kind of your, hey, maybe the spring class didn't get this, but the fall class is getting this. Um, But we do have something that we like to stick to for everybody for the most part.
0: That's a unique challenge because I know I run my internship program, but you know when you have your teams and then you got a new set of interns, they' almost have as much responsibility as being a team just because they're young, they're new, they're trying to you know adapt to your culture. How do you go about managing all your teams and also the interns?
1: Like you said, it really is almost like another team because it's a responsibility and you want to make sure that they're getting a really good experience. You know, a lot of them are moving away from home for an entire semester. They're not getting paid. We're asking them to be there for really long days. You want them to get a lot out of it. And so there's a lot behind the scenes between myself and the rest of the staff trying to coordinate like, Hey, when can we go over this with them? Did you talk to them about this? Um, so we really just try to make sure that they're taken care of. And even though I am, like I said, I have this week to week day to day breakdown, it may not be perfect. Like we may not get to this particular thing on this day, but as long as we're getting to it and covering all of the bases that we want to cover, um, I think we're doing a pretty good job. So we do try to manage it and really kind of schedule times to to be intentional with the education with them.
0: I know there's a, a handful of coaches in the Olympic side of, of Clemson. Is it do they primarily work with you and then get little doses of everybody else? Or is it kind of like you're helping out everybody, but I'm the one running the structure of everything?
1: It's really a staff effort. Um, so again, we want them to just get different viewpoints. And so if it was me constantly lecturing them, they may only get what I think about stuff. Uh, so again, in our breakdown, we have like what coach is leading, which part. Um, so there may be things that I'll take the lead on or other people will take the lead on. Uh, and it really is, like I said, just our whole staff is working to give them a good experience um, but as far as like my particular role, I really try to keep the staff on a timeline and manage where we're at. I'm the one, you know, assigning things, um, doing emails with them, doing like the little just small things with them, um, that maybe the other staff isn't really covering, but that's because they're covering other parts of our curriculum. So
0: where did you draw on your previous experience at either VCU, Kentucky, or Oshkosh, Uh, to create your internship program?
1: Yeah, so when I got to Clemson, they were revamping the internship curriculum. I think I arrived in June, like I said, of 2019. And so they had already had their summer class in Um, And they were going through this new curriculum that the whole staff was working on. And so that was awesome because it wasn't like I had to build it from scratch. When I was at VCU, I was also the intern director there. And so there there was an internship curriculum in place from the previous person that was there, but I really just redid some things, added some stuff in, took some stuff out. So I already had an idea of structure when I came to Clemson. And I think it was just super helpful that the staff was already working on stuff beforehand. Um, so I, I didn't have to do all of that part of it. Um, but as far as like, again, the breakdown and all of that, that's stuff that I put together for our program.
0: Definitely. And you know, when you're with your athletes, what's the, you know, if I were to walk into your weight room at Clemson and watch one of your training sessions, what kind of culture would I see you and your athletes and what would you have?
1: Yeah, so I am huge on creating an environment that my athletes want to be a part of. So I work with two of our um, very dominant women's sports. So like I said, I have women's soccer as well as softball. And I think a lot of times you find that there's almost like a stigma to the weight room and that a lot of times like female athletes, unless they understand the value of it, they're uncomfortable in the weight room. They don't want to be there. And so I don't want that to be projected when my teams are lifting or doing a conditioning session or whatever. So I try to have an environment that's fun. Um, We're going to play some music unless... They're in trouble, then I take it away. <laughs> so then right. silent lift and they can listen to themselves breathe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> but yeah, so we try to have a lot of fun with all of that stuff. I at the beginning, like I bring them in, I give them an overview of the workout. I ask if there's any questions. They get to go to their racks and they're very self-sufficient. And so even with a new program like softball, that they just started their first competitive year last spring we've been able to teach them a lot about the weight room with like our on, but onboarding process. And so you'll find that maybe I'm not particularly coaching a ton, but it's because I trust that they understand everything that we're doing. And so, you know, I'll coach them up on a technique piece or I'll answer a question for them. But for the most part, like, They understand getting after it and having a good work ethic because they also understand that the minute we're not getting work done, like this is no longer going to be fun and Mets is going to cut the music or make something else. Um, So as long as there's a good, fun environment and people are working, like that's what you're going to see. And something that I really try to implement is just like having good energy and add to the atmosphere and if you're done with your lift, but your teammate is still going, like go cheer them on or go support them. Um, so that's something that I, I really work in with my teams as well, is just make it a team atmosphere while everyone's working hard.
0: You know, I think it's, it's great when, you know, strength coaches have a, a good culture. And could you explain to perhaps maybe the younger coach or the, the coach just getting off a of GA and then might find themselves in a you know their first full-time job? How important that role of the culture of the weight room and your communication with your head coach plays, the head sport coach, because I know, you know, when you're, especially when you're just getting started, you got your first full-time job, you think you're going to take over the world, but then you got to remember the other part of the, of the deals with, you know, your communication with that head sport coach.
1: Yeah. I think like, as you're asking that question, I just came up with so many different things that. I can relate back to that. Um, so like you said, communication with the head coach is going to be essential. So you really are an extension of that head coach and you have to ask, like, what is your expectation of me? What is the culture that's already set? Cause it's very likely that you're not walking into a brand new program. Um, I did with softball, which was awesome cause you can kind of lay the groundwork for culture, but chances are you're going to walk into an established program that already has a set culture and you want to make sure that your goals and the way that you approach these athletes really align with what they're getting from the head coach. Cause it's very much a top-down approach. If you're constantly conflicting with the head coach, it's going to cause a lot of issues as well as confusion among the athletes because they're not really going to know how to act in certain situations. Um, so just being on the same page with the head coach, as well as the rest of the coaching staff is super vital. I think that's an important conversation for a brand new strength coach to have is just ask about expectations and culture. Um, you know, the other part of it, like we talked about, is you're like, you know, when you become that first full time coach, you're like, I'm going to change the world and I'm going to do all of this. I think sometimes a lot of young coaches have a really hard approach to their athletes in the first time being in the weight room and trying to coach because a lot of times they are very close in age to some of the athletes, you know, they really want to prove themselves and earn respect, but not everyone is going to respond to that type of approach. And I think you can lose a lot of your athletes if that's your approach to coaching, kind of like I talked about earlier, being almost that social chameleon, you really have to kind of read the room, see what works best what works for your baseball team may not work for your soccer team. Um, so you as a coach need to be really dynamic in your approach. And it's not always about being this stern, never laugh, never smile, don't crack a joke. This is how it is kind of coaching style. You you need to be yourself. And if you're just a goofy person, like let your athletes see it because they're going to appreciate it that much more. But don't ever bend on your expectations of what you want them to do and accomplish. So there's a, there's a nice balance there that you can have for yourself as a coach as well.
0: No, definitely. I think that's some good advice. I know it's something I tend to stress with my interns or my younger assistants. It's just like, you know, be yourself because the athletes know when you're putting up a front and then it's a quick way to, you know, get a team to turn on Absolutely. you, which is never a good thing. Um, so you were a gymnast, uh, at Oshkosh and you, you majored in exercise mm-hmm. science with a minor in strength conditioning. So did you always know you wanted to be a strength coach when you get there? Or was it like, when did it hit you that you wanted to be a strength conditioning coach? Cause it's pretty rare to see a, a strength coach with a, an actual minor in strength conditioning. Uh, yeah. and you know, with the exercise science major, and then also you know being a, being a gymnast, I know they're very strong athletes in general. So was it something that, went hand in hand with your training younger, or did you just kind of figure that out throughout your undergrad?
1: Yeah, I love this question. Cause it allows me to kind of tell a little personal story about myself, but um, so I have been a gymnast since I was five years old. Um, my mom was a gymnast. And so it just kind of like runs in our family. You know, my cousins all were. And, um, so, I've been an athlete ever since I was really little. Um, I am the youngest of five kids, and I have two older brothers and two older sisters. And my older brothers were like the pinnacle of what I wanted to be. They were so awesome to me growing up, and they were athletes. You know, they played football and, you know, all of this, these different sports, and I wanted to be just like them. Um, and so I remember we had like one of those really old school, like, <laughs> weight room sets in our house. <laughs> when I was a kid <laughs> and, uh, my brothers would always work out up there. And I was like the little kid tag along They're like and 10, 10 years older than me. So I'm like six years old and they're like 16 doing all their workouts and whatever. And I just wanted to be part of it. So I remember one day my brother like pulled me to our patio and he had a bar and weights out on our patio. And he did some, I couldn't even tell you, I don't know if he cleaned the weight. I don't know if he Snatched it, whatever. I just remember watching him do it and thinking that that was the coolest thing that I had ever seen. And ever since that moment, I was like, this is totally what I want to do. Um, so when it got to the time when I was going to college, like I told everyone that I wanted to be an athletic trainer because I knew that I wanted to be involved in athletics in some capacity at the collegiate level. And a lot of people told me, don't do that. You don't want to do that. Blah, blah, blah. The, the hours are long and whatever, whatever. So I actually went to my undergrad and declared athletic training as my major. And I did a semester of it before I was like, <laughs> I'm over <Yeah>. this. Um, <laughs> I just, I like, I'm not someone that can get super excited about, you know, if you have an injury and you move your toe this far, like, that's mm-hmm. great. Like, I don't care. Um, <laughs> And I don't like feet and taping ankles all day. It was like, not my thing. So I switched to kinesiology, which ended up being the exercise science and health promotion. And then my undergrad, I think it was my sophomore year, like really revamped their minors and they made strength and conditioning a minor. And I was like, you know what? I think this would be awesome. And because I was a gymnast at the collegiate level, I had exposure to the weight room and to our strength coach. Coach Steve Brown, he's still at Wisconsin Oshkosh and he's totally awesome. I love him, um, but he was a really great coach. And I just remember, you know, being, I, I was like one of those really terrible athletes that you don't want to coach. Cause I would like talk during the session or I would like not count my reps and they would, I would cut on and just one of those like athletes. That's like, how are you strength coach now? But I remember being, I remember telling Coach Brown, I'm going to take your Mm. job one day. And though I'm like this little (laughs) hooligan of an athlete that's not doing what you ask, like, I'm totally going to take your job one day. And I actually started to get serious about it and figure out how all of this worked. And so I went to Coach Brown's office and really kind of asked him a bunch of questions and learned about his career path. And I was like, this is totally what I want to do. And I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to figure it out. (laughs) So oh, that whole, I guess, journey and path to, to being a strength coach um, really kind of worked out. And I just had some really awesome people along the way that that worked with me. <laughs>
0: so, No, that, that's that's pretty cool because, you know, it's pretty rare to see somebody that driven to, you know, weights at a young age, you know, being like five or six years old, watching yeah. your brothers and just kind of maintaining it and then. So so early on your you know sophomore year getting the strength conditioning minor and then you know having the courage <laughs> to tell your strength coach you're going to take his job one day yeah. so that that's a that's a really yeah. cool story um so you're also a competitive weightlifter so when did that come into play where was it weightlifting that you learned in undergrad as an athlete or is it something that kind of progressed as well as well as your strength conditioning perfe- yeah, uh, career yeah so
1: weightlifting is kind of one of those themes that, you know, in my life took, took some years to figure out. But so, like I said, my introduction to the weight room was, I mean, even before college, but my introduction to Olympic lifting was through coach Brown. Um, so we Olympic lifted as a gymnastics team, my freshman and sophomore year. So that's where I learned about it. Uh, but you know, the girls complained, they didn't want to lift weights. They wanted to do body weight stuff. And like, that was so boring to me. I was like, what are we doing? Mm. We ended up getting moving away from the Olympic lifting my junior and senior year, but I would go in and train on my own, my senior year. So I was like, give me the weights and let me figure this out. Um, So when it came time to graduate, I had to do an internship to complete my um, undergrad And we did one in-house, and so that's where I have my Wisconsin Oshkosh internship experience. But I had to do one outside of the university, and I went to the University of Kentucky, and I just kind of emailed them on a whim. Like, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I was so green at that point in time. Like, I didn't even understand that Kentucky was a Power 5 school in the SEC. Like, I had no clue. I wore an orange shirt the first day of my internship. Like, hello. So But anyway, so when I was at Kentucky, they are very Olympic-based program. So that's where I I got more of an introduction to it. I ended up um, applying for their GA position because they had asked about, you know, would I be interested in moving here? Would I be interested in a a graduate assistant position? And then they told me that um, whoever gets the GA position at Kentucky, they want them to compete in Olympic weightlifting. Would I be open to that? And I was like, sure, if that gets me the job, I will totally do it. Um, So I ended up not getting the GA position after this summer. Someone else got it, but I did end up moving there and I interned for an entire year. And, uh, at the end of the spring, I ended up getting the GA position. And I think it was like two weeks after I got the GA position. Um, one of the strength coaches there, coach Spurlock was really into Olympic lifting and competing. Um, he just broke down the technique of the Olympic lifts for me. And I worked with a doll rod for like, I don't even know how long. Um, but then (laughs) that's kind of where everything took off. And I, I started competing in Olympic lifting and I think that was in like, 2012 I want to say um and I've really tried to maintain that national level status ever since then Uh, I was really fortunate back then it was not super popular um so getting to compete at a national level was particular it was it was easy um I'm not gonna lie the numbers were really low and you could be an okay lifter and compete at that level but it's gained so much more popularity and just it's grown so much as a sport. It's been really hard to maintain. Um, I do my best to try to stay <laughs> at national competitions um, and be competitive, so.
0: We'll be right back. The GymWare Power Tool is the gold standard for measuring performance and implementing velocity-based training. The question isn't what does Jim wear do, but what it doesn't do. You can perform velocity zones, jump testing, athlete profiling, predictive 1RM analysis, live leaderboards, asymmetry resting, fatigue monitoring, and so much more. Because of the versatility the system offers, coaches can rest assured they're getting the real value for their money. They are the gold standard for velocity-based training with an interface that is easy to follow and a team at Gym Aware that are always top-notch with their customers. For more information, head to the website gymaware.com or contact the Gym Aware team directly. No, that's that's definitely interesting. And it's one thing to you know be proficient. You know, we all have our USAW and teach it and probably incorporate it in our list, but it's another thing to actually like compete. Is that something that just naturally came with you? Just being an athlete and you're like, I'm gonna actually compete in this, and even though it was 2012 and the and the you know the you know the the weights and stuff weren't that high as far as competition goes, but you know, it's a whole different thing to actually get up on to just a giant board and have everybody stare at you and like try to, you know, get your PRs and whatnot.
1: Yeah. So being a gymnast, like I see a lot of parallels. And when you compare gymnastics and weightlifting, Mm -hmm. so there's, like you said, precision. So there's a lot of technique to weightlifting and there's a lot of technique to gymnastics as well. And so the ability to move your body through space is something that I've been able to do pretty well from a young age, Uh, I I think so, maybe I'm wrong, but if someone tries to correct a very small thing, like I, it's very easy for me to put my body into that position. I'm very self-aware. And so that part of weightlifting was a really easy transition. I've always been a very, very competitive person. Uh, I love to compete in anything. Like if it's a card game or if it's athletics, like I'm going to beat you. So no, the, the competition part really wasn't, um, it was like something that I craved, you know, cause I was done with my gymnastics career. You don't lose your competitiveness once you're done, you know, being a college athlete. Like I will always have that. Um, so I think that really fulfilled that for me and then being on stage, it's interesting in that again when you do gymnastics, you're the only one out there doing it and everyone is watching you. And so it's very similar in that regard, but it's just something that you need experience with. Um, I like, I still get butterflies in my stomach. I still get nervous going out there. You know, you think like, I'm going to forget how to snatch, but no, you've been doing it forever. It's like, I still have those thoughts in my head, but it was a very comfortable transition for me because it was so similar to gymnastics. I think the hardest part was just really learning the the ins and outs of like, what does the weightlifting meet entail? Why does it work like this? Um, I just had to learn a new sport.
0: Definitely. No, that, that's interesting. And it, and it's, it's a unique thing and it's to see, you know, a, a coach actually compete in this stuff and, and stay competitive. So I think that's very, uh, you know, important. And does that, Affect the way you coach your athletes? Because can you, are you able to look at your athletes and be like, look, I know what it's like to be nervous. I know what it's like to get butterflies. Like you'll survive. Like does your uh, weightlifting competitions uh, like affect the way you communicate with your athletes?
1: I think it helps build relationships with them um, because there's almost this like mutual understanding between us Because a lot of times athletes are like, well, you don't do this, so you don't know. And it's like, no, I I was an athlete in college, and I'm still trying to be a competitive athlete now. And for me, staying competitive is something that really motivates me because I work with athletes. I want to be someone that can set this example for them and be like, Hey, you can still be, you know, in your career and still doing these things. So it's helped a lot as far as building the relationship part. Does it change how I coach them? Maybe slightly. Um, and maybe you'll laugh about this, but like I said, I'm super competitive. And so the fact that I know that I am staying athletic and staying competitive, like, whether it's my softball girls that I'm warming up or my soccer girls on like a sprint day, like I'll hop on the line and be like, I'm going to beat you. Let's go. Like, so I just try to compete with them. And I think they just, I think it's enjoyable to them that they have a coach that wants to get in and grind and do these things with them. Um, But I don't know. I don't know that it's changed too much. I just think it keeps things fun and kind of um, upbeat when we're, we're in the weight room or wherever we are.
0: I think that's great. And I want to go back to something that you said when you were, you know, applying to the Kentucky position and you applied for the GA, didn't get it, but you still moved out there, worked an entire year as an intern, then got it. You know, what is some advice that you'd have for the younger coach that's, you know, maybe just coming off an internship or coming off a GA and it's in, they're in the grind of you know, our profession, you know, it's unpaid. The we all have those moments where you're just like, you look at yourself in the mirror, like just be you know get ready because it's, you got a lot more work to do, you know, like what, what got you through or what some advice you can tell those coaches going through that. Cause you know, to get denied after being there an intern get denied a GA and still have enough confidence in yourself to be like, look, I'm going to move out here. I'm going to live out here and I'm still going to work out here. And then eventually get it. Like what's, what was your driving factor? Like what got you through those hard times and some advice for the other coaches?
1: Yeah, I'm a very um, headstrong driven person and I think you've picked up on that. So once I put my mind to something like that's what I'm doing and I'm doing it a hundred percent. So the, the part for me it was definitely discouraging not getting the graduate assistant position after being talked up and like, hey, you're a really good intern. We've got this position. And it was like, you know, it in my eyes at the time, I was like, wow, this is totally my position. And then it wasn't. So for me... <sighs> I don't see that as like a setback or anything like that it just allowed me the ability to gain so much more experience um and just to know like it's not given to you right so I had to earn getting a graduate assistant position and it may have come a year later but honestly it probably helped me that much more because I was able to have the title of an intern. And so it's like my, I wasn't going to grad school at the time. Um, My responsibilities weren't as high as they would have been as a grad student. I just really learned to become independent because I had to work two other jobs top of interning. So I moved to an entirely different state away from my family my whole family is in Chicago. Like I moved to Kentucky. Like that's insane. I moved on my own. I didn't know my roommate before I moved there. We literally met as I opened the garage door to pull my car in. Like, <laughs> so it was just a lot of things outside of my comfort zone, but I knew that these are the things that I needed to do if I was going to make it in this field. Because in the back of my head, I said, if I go home now I'm never going to be a strength coach. I don't want to be a personal trainer. No offense to anyone that that's their dream. That wasn't mine. So I knew that my ticket to becoming a strength coach was to really just persist and figure out a way to make it work. So for anyone that may be in that position where they think they're getting something and they're not, or it's like, you know, you constantly are getting turned down for these jobs. It's, For me, it's discouraging in the moment, but it's an opportunity potentially for you to learn, right? So it gave me more experience on the floor. It let me work with many, many other teams. It prepared me for when I had my own teams instead of stepping into having my own teams and only having a a summer of experience. So I think you have to really look at what are the benefits to me not getting this, or what are the, what's the other route if I don't take this one? Um, so a big theme, and we talked about 2021 mindset, but a big theme for, for me for this upcoming year is just persist. Like keep pushing through, even though you have these hurdles, because if this is what you really want, you're gonna have to put your head down and do it. And it may not be the route that you want. I and mean, I'm sure you've always seen like those graphs that are like the way to success. And it's like, the most ridiculous line ever you might have to follow it um but you'll get there eventually and just put the work in because it's going to make you that much better once you get that position you want.
0: That, that's great it's life isn't linear and i think we all learn that definitely in our early part of our career because you think you know ga assi- intern assistant and then head strength coach is all going to go perfectly in a straight line but uh Life has a good way of reminding you, but persist is the, is the key word there. And I think that's a good piece of advice for those coaches that are in, in the, in the, in the grind of what we do. Um, What's a piece of advice you'd give to a female strength coach in our, in our profession? I know I've talked to a few other uh, female strength coaches and your names come up as somebody that they look up to. What's something you would tell the female strength coach trying to make her way?
1: Um, I think it just really kind of mirrors a lot of what we said. You need to be yourself with a lot of what you do. And, you know, if you're not this tough female, like that's fine. I think it has a lot to do with looking at yourself and figuring out what are your non-negotiables What are the things that make you, you, what's kind of your core value and things that are important to you. And those are the things that you need to lead with. So being a female in a very male dominated field, and there's been so much growth as far as women in the field, like going to a conference in 2012 versus a conference in 2019 is so different. Um, But I think you really just need to ask yourself who you are as a person and then lead with that, um, you know, and I think that's a good, good thing when it comes to anything in this field, as far as dealing with other people, maybe it's your boss, maybe it's other coaches, maybe it's your sport coaches, but you can never bend on who you are. Um, and I think that that's a really good piece of advice for, for any female, um, You know, if you feel a particular way about something, again, use it as a learning experience. But then I think it's super important to just look at yourself and figure out, you know, what makes me me? What makes me tick? What are the things that are going to get me to this position or this whatever and lead with it?
0: Now, that's some great, great advice. And I appreciate that. Now, if you could pick up the phone and call Ryan Metzger from five years ago, what would you tell her?
1: Oh, I would probably, I've been asked this question before, I would probably tell myself to um, move toward your fears. Um, I I think a lot of times coaches have these really big aspirations or whatever it may be. And um, I think there's a lot of unknowns in this field because of whatever it is and being comfortable is not how you grow and I think I found myself a lot of times in positions where I was comfortable and I wasn't seeing growth as a coach and so if I would Made different decisions to be uncomfortable, move toward my fear. Maybe that would have accelerated um, where I was at that point in time. I don't know if that makes mm. sense, but just
0: no, it does. Yeah,
1: just move toward your fear and don't. You can't be scared to make decisions that are a little scary.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so
1: I would definitely tell myself to to do that.
0: No, that's some great advice. Oh, what's next for uh, Coach Metzger? I know 2021, I think we're all looking forward to just trying to get back to whatever normal may be, but what's something that you're working on or uh, looking forward to uh, in the future?
1: Yeah. So we talked about weightlifting and that is a big part of um, what I value. And so, you know, I'm not one for like New Year's resolutions and I'm like, I don't do that. I think it's garbage. But anyway, um, <laughs> I am someone that writes out goals and like has mantras and just kind of constantly working towards something. And so, you know, uh, for my mindset for 2021 is just I've always said this, but discipline over motivation. So um, that's something that I always work toward. Uh, persist is one of the things that I was talking about, and then leading by example is going to be kind of my my thoughts for 2021. So. What's next for me, Um, as far as personal, hopefully a consistent training schedule (laughs) so I can (laughs) put up the numbers that I need to put up in order to be where I want to be from a weightlifting standpoint. And I think those three uh, things I just mentioned will help me get there. As far as career stuff, um, you know, I've always talked about this and it's no secret. I would totally love to be a director one day and um, kind of be that person that, you know, maybe other people are looking to and I get to handle a department um, of my own. And um, that's something that I'm very vocal about. And I, you know, I think I have a really great app environment to to learn and grow from here at Clemson. Um, but in the short term, you know, we've got a spring where every single team is going to be yes. season, And so, but yeah. I think I just want to figure out a way to to balance all of that for my athletes and really see, you know, my teams have a successful spring season because all I want, you know, soccer had an awesome fall and we get to continue that in the spring. And I just am so looking forward to a softball season for these girls where they get to compete and it be a full season for them. Um, so that's my short term.
0: Awesome. no, That's great. Do you have uh, like a social media you want to shout out or what's the best way that our listeners could see what, what you're up to, whether it's coaching or your uh, weightlifting and how you, how they go about reaching out to you.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, my own personal Instagram is coach underscore Mets M-A-T-Z. Um, but we also have our Clemson Ollie strength. So please go follow that as well. Um, I like to throw up a ton of fun little stories on that. And so it's, uh, it's not all, uh, strength-based stuff. We get to throw in some fun
0: too. So. so do you run the Clemson strength?
1: Um, I wouldn't say that I run it. I do a lot of the stories that we post on there. So if you ever see like those really stupid, like this or that or like staff competitions, that's totally me. Um,
0: okay. The nice. The
1: posts. Are uh, a more of a staff thing. So we have our GA Tyler, uh, and then our assistant Billy that really puts together the content. And then, uh, we get it, uh, looked at and kind of, uh, approved, I guess, from there. And then it gets posted. So.
0: No, I think that's great. It breaks up the, the monotony of, uh, a lot of the stories we see. So yeah, keep it going on the, this or that <laughs> or on all the fun stuff, post
1: another one, I think tomorrow. So hopefully everyone
0: definitely <laughs> No, that's awesome. Uh, But uh, you know, thanks for being on the podcast, Coach. I definitely wanted to reach out, and you had some great advice on you know being inspired at five or six years old by your older brothers to you know where you are now. And I think it's it's a really good, really good lessons and a good story that our listeners will enjoy. So thank you for being on the podcast today and you know good luck uh for this upcoming spring season when everybody's has a competitive season and we're going to get it done. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Well, thank you for having me on. It was awesome. And good luck to you guys as well.
0: This episode is brought to you by Play. Play is a company that I've personally been working with from the start. Everyone at Play works to help strength coaches innovate and find solutions for our profession. From flooring, weight room equipment, outdoor spaces and everything in between, Play will collaborate with you to find what you need. They work with everyone from professional teams to high schools and they've always made me feel important and a part of the Play family. Refuse second best with Play. Find them at play.us and let them know iron game chalk talk 2.0 sent you thanks everyone for listening thank you to our great guests for taking the time to share their experiences thank you to play and team builder for being great companies that help our profession and most importantly thank you the listeners please find us on social media at iron game chalk talk 2.0 find our show notes on wherever you listen to your podcast Leave us a rating, comment, and subscribe. And don't forget to say hi. It's great to hear from coaches from around the country. Talk to you all next week on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0.